0: Blessings to you, my friend. This is Pastor McGee with Empowerment Ministries Christian Center, and you're listening to Empower the City podcast. I pray today that your hearts are blessed, minds renewed, and you are infused with the passion to serve God like never before. Blessings to you, and enjoy the message. Book of Galatians, chapter number two, verses number 11. This is a very interesting passage of scripture. Um, The book of Galatians focuses on um, faith and faith alone. The apostle Paul is wrestling with Judaizers uh, because they're trying to mix the faith in Christ with other things as means of salvation. And understand under the law you had um, moral laws and then you had distinction laws. What's the difference? Moral laws were the things that were actually against God's standard. Distinction laws weren't necessarily against God's standard. He just put them in place to differentiate you from the rest of the nations. So he'd say stuff like, you can't you can't blend cotton and polyester together. How many are going to hell right now? Come on, look at your neighbor, you going to hell right now. You can't blend cotton and polyester. That wasn't a moral issue, it was a distinction issue. He says, I don't want you to have two different crops on the same row. Nothing moral about that distinction. So when it came to circumcision, it wasn't about morality, it was about something that distinguishes you from the rest of the people. So when we crossed over to Christianity, when Judaism made the switch into Christianity through faith in Christ alone, there were some Judaizers that were saying, you have need to have faith in Christ, but you also need to be able to do all these things too. And Paul is getting ready to argue um, against that. So he says, and he has a confrontation, watch this now with the apostle Peter, watch this. But when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face. For what he did was very wrong. When he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile Christians who were not circumcised. But afterward, when some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles. So he was eating some, you know, bacon, eggs and cheese, biscuits, come on, BLT, just kicking it with his new freedom. But when James' companions came, the Bible declares he wouldn't eat with them anymore. Why? Somebody said he was afraid. Somebody said he was scared. Yeah, he was scared. He was afraid of criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. So as a result, other Jewish Christians followed Peter's hypocrisy, and even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. When I saw that they were not following the truth of the gospel message, I said to Peter in front of all the others, since you... A Jew by birth have discarded the Jewish laws and are living like a Gentile. Why are you now trying to make these Gentiles follow the Jewish tradition? Somebody shout, that's interesting. Father, now in Jesus' name, I'm asking you now, God, for your grace to rest upon me uh, to deliver this word as you would have me on today, hiding myself now behind the cross, giving you all the honor and praise. And it is in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says... Um, We're starting a brand new series uh, today, and and we will be here for the next four or five weeks, and and this is just gonna be an introductory lesson on, somebody shout healthy habits. Healthy habits, we're we're gonna talk about healthy habits. As I was thinking about this message, um, it's interesting, when I was growing up, uh, one of my favorite sports was um, uh, football, and um, the video game that I used to play was Tecmo Bowl. Anybody know Tecmo Bowl? Yeah, yeah, so, so new school gamers in here, I mean, you would just be like, that's trash, but the devil is a liar. <laughs> Tecmo Bowl is the game of all games. It's the only game where you can say, down, sit, hike, and literally run all the way back to the other person's end zone and launch the ball and your man is standing there like this with a two blinking over his head, you understand? And catch it, and you I mean, it's just a phenomenal game. So football has, has always been one of my favorite sports. I've never actually, you know, didn't play on a college level, didn't play in high school, but I just love the game. And one of the things that I loved about the game was this thing that, that I saw um, college and professional athletes do, and particularly the linebacker. I always would ask the question, how did he know? How is it that this dude is in position every single time to get an interception? I don't know. How is it that every time a tackle is made, he is somewhere in, the, if he didn't make the tackle, I mean, he's a linebacker, he ain't got no business all the way up. If he's not, if he didn't make the tackle, he's at least there when the tackle is made. I'm trying to figure out how in the world did this guy know? So so later on in life, I, I, I discovered, and laugh he kind of helped me with this as well because I asked some questions about him, of course, with his football career. The thing about professional athletes is that they create habits that they don't have to think about. So so when I define define habit, I'm talking about an automatic reaction to a specific response. So, So it's like this. If I'm the linebacker, if I see the quarterback drops back like this, I know that's a running pass. So when I see the cue, I automatically go into running mode. If I see him drop back like this, I know that it's a pass play, so I'm not going to rush in. I'm going to I'm gonna step back because I know he, he's getting ready to throw the ball to, to somebody. These professional athletes, what make them so good is that they have somebody shot an automatic response. They have an automatic response depending upon the cue that they receive. So if I see running cue, I get in position to make the tackle. If I see passing cue, I don't even think about it. And as I kind of did my research, when it comes to habits, and and oftentimes when we think of habits, we think of habits as being bad, but the reality is uh, habits are a gift that God gave us for our minds to conserve energy. Yeah, because it takes energy to think. Can somebody say amen to that? It, It takes energy to think, and when you do something repetitiously, your mind automatically makes connections to say, when this happens, we just do this. Many of y'all came to church here and you don't know how you got here. No, for real. You didn't really think about, I'm gonna turn on Highway 49 and then I'm gonna turn off of 49 onto Dito Road and then I'm gonna travel Dito Road about two and a half, three miles and then I'm gonna make a left on to uh, Three Rivers Road and then you didn't think about that. You've done it so many times, you just got here and you were like, hey, I'm here. Why? Because the cue is we're going to church Crank the car, bam, I'm um, I'm um, I'm here. So 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 habits are, are are somebody shout habits are good. Habits are good. This is the thing about habits, and again, I'm talking about habits and not addictions, because habits are something you can control. Addictions are something that control you. <laughs> habits are learned patterns, somebody shout, they're learned. They're learned patterns of behaviors or attitudes repeated so often that they become typical of a person. So 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 when this happens again. This this cue happens, this is how we respond. Don't even think about it, this is how we respond. It's a good thing, but but here's the challenge for many believers. This is a system that God put in place for you to make life easier, but the devil has been trying to manipulate you all your life to associate the wrong routines with the right cues. So when this happened, I cuss you out. And I said, I ain't not going to cuss this morning. But when my cue happens, bam, there it is right there. Every time I get in a tight situation, I, I talked to a guy. This this was several several months ago. Um, he, he had left the church, and he was getting ready. To, he, you know, wanted to talk to me because he wanted to join this church. And I said, sure, we'll, we'll sit down and talk. And so after talking to him, um, um, he had just left another church a year ago. And then he left another church before that a year ago. So I'm just... Soaking all his sin, soaking all his sin, and and usually I'm not this blunt on, like on the first date, because <laughs> we were like dating each other, right? So 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 after talking to him some more, he was having some problems with one of his children. He said, "I'm just done with him. I'm just I'm just I'm just done with him." And then he goes on to tell me some good news that he got a new job, and and after you know got got the new job, and so tell me about the last job. Man, they they got on my nerves. I couldn't stand it. So so I just said bluntly, "You got a habit of quitting when things get rough, don't you?" When things got rough with your son, you quit. Things got rough with your job, you quit. Things got rough with the first church, you quit. Things got rough with the last church, you quit. And when things get rough here, guess what you're going to do? So I, I want to I show you this, this learned pattern because I thought this was very easy, uh, uh, interesting that God gave to me. In, in Galatians chapter number 2, uh, verses 12, the Bible declares, when he first arrived, he ate with the Gentile Christians who were not circumcised, but afterward... When some friends of James came, Peter wouldn't eat with the Gentiles anymore. He was afraid of what, y'all? Criticism from these people who insisted on the necessity of circumcision. Now, let's look at Peter's life just a little bit closer. In Mark chapter number 14, verse number 27. Uh, I'm not going to be before you long, Kira. Kira. And when we move to fourth services, Shana, you know what I'm saying? Then I have to really cut my message down. Praise the Lord. Mark chapter number 14, verse number 27. On the way, Jesus told them, all of you will desert me for the scriptures say, God will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. Peter said to him, even if everyone else deserts you, I'll never leave you, G. 30 says, Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Peter, this very night before the rooster crows twice, you will deny three times that you even know me. No, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. Peter is looking at his passions. Jesus is looking at his patterns. Because you can make a passionate decision, but violate the passionate decision because you got a pattern of doing No, Peter declared emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you, and all others vowed the same. While Peter was 66, watch this, was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest. Servant girl, yes, but her position is with the high priest. She serves a a chief official. The high priest came by. When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You you look like one of them that was with Jesus. 68 says, but he denied it. I don't know. Neither do I understand what you're talking about. And he went on his way. 69 says when the servant girl said, I guess she just following him. I don't know. When when she saw him there, when she saw him later on, she said to the, Hey y'all, this is one of. Y-. Again, he denied. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. Then he began to say, you blankety-blanks, didn't I tell you I wasn't with G? He began to call down curses. He swore to them, I don't know this man you're talking about immediately. Watch this, the rooster crowed the second time when Peter remembered the word. Jesus had spoken this is what's happening to Peter Peter is in a habitual loop and he don't even know it when certain cues happen automatically he goes into a particular routine I want to help somebody these are his these are his cues whenever whenever he finds himself in a place of fear of criticism especially from an authority figure he always responds with cowardly actions he good he great He's passionate. He'll do what Jesus says do. But as soon as he's in an intimidating position where he fears being criticized, by, somebody shall, by default. See, this is the thing about habits. Your mind goes into autopilots because you've done this so long. This is what's crazy about habits. And this is why this guy couldn't receive me when I identified that you have quit on your son, quit on your past jobs, and quit your past three churches because you got a habit of quitting. This is why he couldn't agree with me because he argued vehemently that the Lord led me. Now understand why he says that the Lord, no, understand why he lied on Jesus with a straight face. It's because it felt natural to quit. So evidently, it must be the Lord because this feels so easy to do. And the reason it's easy to do is not because it's the Lord's will. It's because you've been doing it all your life. So he has this habit loop. I'm, I'm just dealing with cues and routine. We'll deal with rewards in the next session. Let's look at this a little bit. Matthew, chapter number 17, verse number 24. On their arrival in Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Now, based on the rest of the story, Jesus ain't about the taxes. Is he going to pay them? Yeah, he's going to pay the taxes, just not to cause any troubles or ruffle any feathers. Uh, but, but But Jesus himself is the Lord of the temple. Without him, there's no necessity for even having the temple. So, so w- watch this, fear of criticism. This is an, an official individual and tax collector. They was ruthless, they were crooked. So he's probably talking to Peter in a rougher tone. Don't your te- teacher pay the temple tax? So what, look what he responds. Yes, he does. <laughs> Why? Because my, my cue of criticism automatically I respond with this routine of cowardly actions. So if I think you're getting ready to criticize me, I'm gonna find the easier way out. I'm not gonna argue with you. I'm not gonna fuss with you. I'm just gonna do whatever I can to smooth it over. So yes, he does. He ain't even talked to Jesus about this. He ain't said nothing to Jesus, and he ain't even assuming. He's just trying to get out of the situation. So he says, yes, he does. Peter replied, now watch this. Then he went into the house, but before he had a chance to speak, Again, Jesus is going to pay the taxes, but I got to check my boy first. What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people or people or or the people they have conquered? In this culture, the king and his family didn't have to pay taxes, only the people that he conquered. So the temple is for the people of God, the children of God, and the people that's res- uh, running the temple are asking God's key is to pay him taxes. Every time this fear of criticism pops up, I respond in a cowardly way. Now, now watch this, watch this. Let's change channels for a second. Um, one of my teachers, um, actually a, a distant mentor, um, I, I heard him teach on the three tenses of salvation. And uh, it was very, very interesting, um, especially when I first heard it. It was years ago, and um, had never heard it before. And he said this, and he says, I have been saved. And he just paused there for a second. I have been saved. And he, he asked the question, how many of you guys have been saved? And, you know, everybody raised their hand. Yes, I've been saved. And then he said another statement. He said, but one day I will be saved. <laughs> so I'm, okay, 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 I thought you— but you was already saved I was but one day I will be saved and then he throws another out think he says but I'm still currently being saved <laughs> so I said dog you confusing me <laughs> so so what he was talking about was the three tenses in salvation that we see throughout the scripture that speaks to the tripartite being of man man is a spirit living a body possesses a soul you, you are somebody shout I am a spirit You, you are, you are a spirit. That's who you really are. And and many of us have it twisted as believers. Many of us believe that I am a body having a spiritual experience. No, you really are a spirit having a temporary bodily experience because this flesh is not your home. Can you say amen to that? So, so he's speaking of the, the, the three parts of man. Um, the Apostle Paul, he writes in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, he says, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. I pray, watch this, God, your whole, watch this whole spirit. Somebody shout spirit. Somebody shout soul and body. I pray your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you are a Christian, you have been saved. You, you have been saved. Your, your spirit There has been an infusion of the Holy Spirit into your human spirit, and you have been saved. Romans 8, 16 says, the Spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are children of God. But watch this, after being saved, you still one day going to be saved that refers to the body there's a day because understand this 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 flesh is corrupt it has to go back to the dirt uh, flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of god so before i go to heaven this body has to be transformed and glorified are y'all with me in this place so my spirit has been saved my body when, when jesus returns one day my body will be saved but when it comes to my soul my mind imagination my intellect and my emotions they need to be saved somebody shout right now so the Apostle Paul, did I lose anybody? Y'all with me, y'all with me. The Apostle Paul, he argues, he says, do not conform, somebody shall conform. The, the NLT says, go along with the patterns of this world, go along with the habits of this world, because this world has its own sets of habits. When you hear a certain sound, when you, when you, when you receive a certain cue, there are certain things that you're just supposed to do. God says, Don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be somebody shall transform. There it is, be transformed. By the renewing of your mind. Right now, some of us have patterns that we respond to certain cues, and the patterns are, okay, okay, so it's like this. It's like this. Uh, so so my dog, uh, I have a dog, a German shepherd named Chase, and um, I love my dog. I don't love nobody else's dog. I just like mine. So if I, like, go over to your house and your dog jumping on me, I don't like that. I ain't going to say nothing. I'm going to smile. I don't want your dog jumping on me. All right, get your dog, get your dog, get your dog. You know what I'm saying? No, 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 no. <laughs> so I really like my dog, but but my dog he a trip. There's some things. Dick <laughs> said, yeah, yeah. You know when I? Anyway, so so there's some things that my dog used to do. He just don't do no more. He don't he don't do no more. He know he, know, he don't even play that. You know what I'm saying? Certain things, I just look at him, and he, you know, you better get on, okay? Then there are certain things he do that I don't like, but he just do it. He's, ah, ah, Chase, ah. Here's the difference. The things that really irritated me, I spent time training him, don't do that. My dog just don't jump on me. He'll jump on Nate. he'll jump on me. But there's other little stuff that he does that I don't like it, but I've never actually spent time training him not to do it. And because I hadn't spent any time, although I don't like it, he still do it as if it's okay with me. And this is what many of us have done as Christians, not trying to compare you to a dog, but many of us as Christians, the things that really, really grieve our souls, we spend a lot of time training our flesh not to go there. But then there are some things, watch this, it don't really mess with us, but it still irritates God. Come on, somebody. That we have just let off the hook, and we don't even know, watch this, that we're doing it because it it happens automatically. When the cue happens, I automatically go there. And the reason is because it's not a moral law, it's a distinction law. Moral stuff I've done, I've done, I've done, yeah. I know that really, really irritates God, irritates God. But then there's some things that he challenges believers that's not necessarily moral, but it's just things that believers do because you belong to him. Really hadn't dealt with any of those things and God says, I love you, but I'm limited in my use of you because you look too much like the people I'm trying to reach. And this is sad for the believer because we just said, well, this, this, I'm a McGee, and this how, is just how the McGees are. My daddy like this, my granddaddy was like this, my great-granddaddy, and this just how he is. And God says, no, that's how you used to be you bought with the price. You don't belong to yourself. That's something that I wanna do on the inside of you. Now watch this, when it comes to salvation, somebody shout salvation. When it comes to salvation, that's the work of God alone. But when it comes to sanctification, it requires your participation. For salvation, that's the work of God alone. All I can do is lay there and just receive it. But when it comes to sanctification, many of us don't do the work because it requires work. So my wife has this habit during the school year that I absolutely hate. I've never told you that I've hated the habit, but I'm confessing now. So so I'm I'm, I'm like just, anybody that's just around me or just just really just be around me, I'm just really like just a calm guy. I don't really like loud noises. (laughs) Please don't slam a door in my house. Jesus, nobody. I don't like loud noises. I like I like to just kind of ease in, just chill or whatever. And so my wife had this thing that she only does Monday through Thursday during the school year. I hadn't had to put up with this all summer long. But for whatever reason, Monday through Thursday through the school year, it's the same. I'm laying down in the bed, and I'm a good sleeper. I like, I you know, I don't mind sleep. I ain't lazy, but I just uh, mind sleep. And watch this, watch this. I have an alarm clock set, and my alarm, when it goes off, it it eases into music. So it's like, uh, and so when it eases into it, I like to sit there just for a minute, get up slow. God is good all the time. All the time, God is good. My wife on the other hand, and because she gets up earlier than me to fix the kids' breakfast, which they can eat cereal. <laughs> I'm laying there and her alarm goes off. <laughs> and as soon as it goes off, she starts fighting the cover. Mm, 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 mm. Get this bacon this eggs. So this has become watch this her cue is alarm, routine, fight the cover, and I'm sitting there like, are you serious? Are you serious? What is wrong with you, girl? But it's in her. But we believe in God. <laughs> that things are gonna change. All year, school year, Monday through Thursday. That's that's it's just a habit. It's just in her. She hit that alarm, she fight the cover. <sighs> On a more serious note, there are certain alarms that go off in our lives that just trigger bad behavior. And, and God wants to participate with you, and he wants you to participate with him so that the behavior will change. The problem is, is that you spent most of your life associating the behavior with the trigger, so it just trigger behavior. Watch this. Watch the quarterback foot. Bam! I'm dropping back because I know it's finna pass. I'm looking at the stance, or oh, it's gonna be a running play. Before the ball is even snapped, I'm running in position because I've the, the linebacker doesn't even think about what he's gonna do. It's a, he's been doing it for so long. As soon as I see his foot drop back, I'm running back because I know it's a running play. As soon as I see him shift to the side, I know it's a pass play. So automatic, I'm, I'm, I'm getting in pos- position. The devil got us running back when it's a running and play and running in when it's a pass play because he's trying to mix your cues and your routine. Somebody shot it's gonna take work. Now, this is the part about salvation that most people don't like because Jesus knows my heart. He do know how wicked your heart is. Amen. And watch this. He love your butt anyway, but he want to change you by the same token. Yeah. Praise the Lord. My kids are out of diapers. diapers now. They are. It's been a while since Nate pooped on himself. It's been a while since Greg Jr. pooped on himself, A few years now. <laughs> Is Nate in here? Okay, good. Because Nate <laughs> Nate for sure don't like me to tell nothing on him. So th- this has been a while. This has been this has been um few few um hours ago. No, no, no. A few 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 weeks ago, maybe a few months ago, um he he went to bed. He, he went to bed and um, so uh, he was scared and uh, he didn't want to tell me. So he told his mama. And his mama said, mama said, why you ain't tell your daddy? Cause he gonna whoop me, he gonna whoop me. <laughs> I wasn't in whooping mode. It don't trigger me like that no more. I'm 41. <laughs> I ain't got all that energy no more. I just. <laughs> so I sit down and, and, you know, when you know my wife told me whatever. Uh, uh, I went in there and, you know, put him in a tub and washed him up and all the other kind of stuff. We just kind of had a, a talk. Now, this is the thing. I love my son smelling like pee. Still love him. That didn't mar my love. I went like, yeah, nah, kid, get over that by your mama. Still my boy. But I love him so much, I don't want you going to school smelling like that. And this is where sometimes the saints we confuse grace. God says, man, I love you, just like you are. But watch this, I want to use you around people. And what you're in right now stinks. <laughs> So not only do I love you like you are, I love you so much, I want to clean you up so I can present you before people. So it's grace for salvation, but it's work for sanctification. Salvation, lay there and receive it. Sanctification, you got to work for it. And, and it's interesting, it's interesting when it comes to the church, we want to work for everything else but except for all that God has in store for us. You do know in the end of the book of Revelation, it's been a while since I taught this, that there, there's a book and then are a set of books. There's one book and then there are a set of books. And the first book that'll be open, it's just one question. Is your name in it or is it not? It's called the book of life. Watch this. If your name is in the book, enter into the joy of the Lord. Then there are a set of books that Jewish writers call the book of deeds. And the Bible says, watch this, you won't be judged out of the book of life because it's just a yes or no question. Your name is in there or or it's not. But in the book of deeds, the, the, the books plural, your life will be judged according to your actions that's recorded in this book. So in essence, if we are believers, we all go into heaven, but we won't all have the same rank. Heaven is the reward for being saved. Ranks and rewards are the payment for the sacrifices that we made on the earth. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. So you can't, you can't, please, please don't, don't expect to have the same rank as the apostle Peter. When they got ready to historians say, when they got ready to kill Peter, they said, you know what? We got something for you. We got something for you. We're gonna kill you just like we killed Jesus. We're gonna hang you on the cross. And we're gonna crucify you on the cross. You know what Peter said? Peter said, No, don't do that. Historians record they thought they had him. We finally got him to break down because all the other disciples, all the other apostles, all the other saints, whenever we martyred them, we would throw them in pits with lions and lions would rip their heads off and they would say nothing. But one of the leaders of the church, we finally got him. We told him we was gonna crucify him like Jesus and he cried out like a coward. He says, No. Don't kill me like this because I ain't worthy to die like my Lord. He told him flip me upside down. If you if you're going to crucify me, don't crucify me like Jesus. Flip me upside down and do it because I'm not worthy to die like him. So 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 watch this. You, you Peter goes to heaven. And if you're a believer, once you die absent from the bodies to be present with the Lord, you'll go to heaven too. But don't think you're going to be at the same rate talking about Jesus. I pressed my, I had a headache this morning. It was, it, you know, it was raining. I went to church in the rain. Surely, Jesus. <laughs> no, baby. Your rain sacrifice ain't the same as this type of sacrifice book of life is your name in it or is it not but the book of these you are rewarded based on your works done in the can I get a witness in this place so this is not a message about salvation this is a message about sanctification and when it comes to sanctification there are things in your life not necessarily a heaven or hell issue, but it is a witness issue. This Mars, we, we talked about this past Thursday night, and we we, we listed leadership requirements for those who want to serve. And I told them straight up that these are not heaven or hell issues. These are not necessarily salvation issues, but they are, watch this, reputation issues. They are, they are witnessing issues because there are people that see you do certain things. They will never honor your God because you're living just like I live. So when it comes to, somebody shout, sanctification. When it comes to sanctification, watch what the Apostle Paul says. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? So he says, run in such a way as to get the prize. Give it all you got. Don't give the world 100 and then come on this side and give Jesus 50. Everyone who competes in the games goes into what type of training, y'all? Strict training. Strict, Oh Jesus. Strict training, Jesus. I, I've been practicing some. I've been practicing something and and, and I'm, I'm trying to make it a habit. I'm trying to make it a habit because I'm, I'm understanding the habit loop. The habit loop, you have a cue. When you receive a certain cue, you do a response. And what makes the habit loop stick is the reward that you receive after the rut- routine, after the cue. So I've been trying to create a habit, drinking more water. <laughs> you ain't helped me. So this is what I start, laugh. Every time I drink a sip of water, I just go into a worship and start praising God. You know why I do that? Because when I worship God, I feel better. And I'm trying to equate my feelings, come on somebody, to something that's supposed to be good for my body at the same time. Are, y- are, y'all, are y'all with me? So so, so what I'm doing, is, it requires discipline, it's strict, it's training. Watch this. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. 26 says, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. No, I strike a blow. Somebody strike, I strike a blow. He says, I beat my body. One translation says, I beat my body black and blue, making it to do what God wants it to do. I make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. Thank you, Jesus. Look at Hebrews 12 11. No discipline. Somebody shout discipline. I'm almost done. Matter of fact, I am done. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but what y'all? Okay. Okay. One of the hardest lessons for me to teach are the ones when God is trying to challenge me to do something at the same time. Those those are usually the hardest messages. I, I like the messages where I've lived it <laughs> and I can look back and see my mistakes, my successes, and then bring it before the people and say, this works. This is how I know. I like those messages. I don't really like ministering messages like this when God, at the same time I'm teaching, he's teaching me. So, so it's interesting. So I'm, I'm trying to dissect myself because you got to be careful with the message like this. Um, when, when you teach or when you hear a message like this, it's easy for you to start thinking about other people and you miss what God is trying to say. Okay. So I I really been thinking about myself. And so, um, um, I I noticed my, my wife, my wife, yesterday, she, bought, she brought me a, a fish plate um, to eat, it. it was, man, the fish was phenomenal. It was great. So fish plate, and right on top of the fish plate was a big old piece of pound cake. Watch this, with ice in this thick. <laughs> I ain't lying. Lady found, man, it was good. No, it wasn't good. I need it, <laughs> but it looked good. Thick icing on it. And watch this, I wanted to taste it, but I said, no. So I took it off my plate, bam, ate my fish and uh, put it back in on the plate. And I stuck it in my refrigerator in my office because I was gonna get a cake away to somebody. So, and I've been doing pretty good, usually with, you know, sweets. I've been doing pretty good uh, b- because those of you all who know me in the past, air night between 10.30, 11.30. I ain't got to eat nothing sweet during the day, nothing at all, but every night, between 10.30, and 11.30, I gotta have something sweet, okay? So I put it in the refrigerator, and so I'm up last night, and just kind of meditating, and it's about, man, it's, it's late, it's about 11, Um, I walked in the kitchen, and I opened the refrigerator door, and I stood there. And when I stood there, I started thinking about that cake, And I got this uncontrollable desire to drive back down to the church (laughs) and watch this and get my piece of cake. So I walked out, I said, and then I started thinking about other snacks that's that's in there that I could eat. And I said, "Oh, oh, this is interesting because I'm actually full content. But I noticed two things last night. And, and just watch this, I'm, I'm just kind of telling up on myself, but it's okay, because I'm gonna develop a new habit. I'm gonna develop a new habit. This is gonna be my new ab- habit. If you bring me some cake, hey pastor, I got some cake. I'll be like, ah! <laughs> pastor, I was thinking about you, here's some brownies. <laughs> 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 Mrs. Evelyn, this is what I noticed last night. Every time I walk in the kitchen at night, I always open up the refrigerator, whether I'm hungry or not. Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm being silly, but I'm, I'm serious. I just noticed this last night. I started thinking about the past few nights. I ain't even hungry. But at night, not during the day, just at night, every time I walk in the refrigerator, I just open it up. See what's in there. And then when I look in there, all of a sudden, now I want something sweet. Are you serious? So my cue is at night, walk in the refrigerator, excuse me, walk in the kitchen, that's cue. Here's a routine. Which starts another cue. Now I want something sweet. Routine, going to the church. (laughs) It is such a blessing that I left that cake at the church because this story would be different <laughs> and i may not have even told you all this story so 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 watch this here's what i want to challenge you with and, and i'm coming to a close because we're going to be dealing with healthy habits i'm going I'm, I'm going I'm to challenge you guys on ways to develop new habits while you're breaking old ones and again every habit is not necessarily a morality issue some are but then there are some that just distinction issues you, you should you shouldn't be doing this because people can't see Christ in you while you're doing that and there are times when we're trying to break a habit but because we ain't got nothing new one of the things that I read and, and next week I'll, I'll give out and somebody asked me a fun, fantastic question last week and I, I love this sister so much She says, Pastor, what are the sources that you used to study for the series you did last uh, last month? And I said, that's a fantastic question because that's the question I ask my mentors when I hear series. I mean, the preaching was good, the teaching was good, but I wanna read what you read. (laughs) So next week, I'm I'm gonna give away my sources. I ain't gonna give them away. I'm gonna give you titles (laughs) of my sources. And one of the stories that I read, um, this particular psychologist he was helping a young lady with nail biting. Nail biting. And she was so bad, this is not a moral issue, it's just the issue. She would literally bloody her nails. I'm talking about eat skin from under the nails. And this is what he found out. She only bite her nails when she's bored. She has nothing to do, so she just put her hand in her mouth before you know it, she don't rip all the nails and the skins off. So he says, we can't do nothing about the cue because boredom happens. But we can do something on purpose about this routine. So he started having her associate a new routine with the cue of boredom. And she kept doing it on purpose. It was hard at first because when I'm bored, I bite my nails. But on purpose, he started sending her to do this. When you get bored, this is what you do. When you get bored, this is what you do. When you get bored, this is what you do. After a while, she formed a healthier habit and stopped biting her nails because she lost the association. This is what some of you guys gonna do. When life happens, you get stressed and worried. Life happens, you get stressed and worried. Life happens, you are gonna get stressed and worried. God says, I wanna form a new habit in you. When life happens, I pray. this when life happens i don't say nothing to nobody on facebook i talk to god alone (laughs) i'm going to form new habits on the inside of you and i'm going to help you break some unhealthy habits that you have are y'all with me in this place so so this is what this is what i want to challenge you with number one number one what are some routines in my life that god would like to change if you're taking notes jot that down if you're not taking notes jot that down everybody here's. What are some routines in my life that God would like to change? What are some patterns They could be sinful? And for some of you guys, this is going to be homework. You, you're going to need, I want you to write the question down because some of you guys are going to have to actually go home and pray about it and say, God, what's what's going on with me that you would like to change? And then some of you guys, you can write A, B, C, you can write it down right now because God already been talking to me about this. What are some areas? What are some routines in my life that God would like to change? Once you, got that, once you got Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, there are just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are secondly, if this ministry has impacted your life in any way and you'd love to help us to continue to impact the lives of others, go to our website, empowerthecity.org and select Give Now. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. We'll see you next time.